What is up, family? I'm Dr. Dale, the author of How to Raise a Doctor, Wisdom from Parents Who Did It, and the author of Pre-Med Mondays. Both books are available on Amazon.com, so make sure you grab your copies there. And of course, you listen to the Black Men and White Coats podcast, the place where black male clinicians have the platform to share their stories with listeners like you. Super excited about today's guest, somebody that I know, somebody who's got a great story that you guys need to hear. You need to hear the story, all right? Overcomer, you need to hear the story, all right? But before we get into that, let me just tell you guys what's been going on. This past week, I, I put on social media that I'm releasing my Dr. Doc children's book series. And I'll tell you, the response was overwhelmingly positive. It was just crazy. I knew it was going to be good, but I know it was going to be that good. So, you know, I just put up the, a post pretty much saying some time ago, I wanted my boys to read books that showed young black boys interested in something other than sports. I love sports, so I'm not knocking sports. Trust me, we play plenty of sports, but I just wanted to, them to read something else. Um, something that dealt with medicine science, but there was nothing out there that featured a young black boy pursuing, you know, like medicine or anything like that. I thought to myself, man, this doesn't exist. You know, like this needs to exist. I'm going to make it because I want my boys to read it. Maybe somebody else wants your kid to read it. Anyway, so I made the book. Actually, we made five of those books and um, we'll release them. I'm just going to release them one by one uh, just to give you guys time to digest each one of them. But, you know, five of them are already done. And made these books and you know just put that post on social media and the response was just bananas it was crazy so that let me know that i'm not the only parent who wanted that so i don't know how many just tons and tons of people linkedin facebook blah 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 just messaging me and just talking about how excited they are about getting this book and as as a matter of fact it shot up to the bestsellers list on amazon already it's not even out <laughs> it hit the amazon bestseller list it's not even out you know just and that's just the ebook pre-order right so the ebook is available for pre-order right now. I'm going to put the link in the description so you can click on it, get your ebook. The print order, um, the print book, I should say, so the actual paperback book, I'm going to put that out for pre-order probably this week and next week as well. I'm just trying to do things little by little, give people time to adjust um, for a variety of different reasons, which pertain to marketing and such. And, um, you know, it was scheduled to come out in October because I've got a lot of things going on. So I just put it on the schedule for October, but honestly, it's done. So I'll probably just move it up and let it come out sometime in September. And then I've got the rest of them that are ready, too, that I'll just start rolling out one by one. And I've also got my Black Men and White Coats 100 Rules for Success book. Um, that's done also, just putting some final touches on it, cleaning it up a little bit. So I'm the one I'm going to put that out, but that's done as well. But we'll get these books out for you guys. Just want to release them out and make it digestible so it's not like Dr. Dale's just throwing everything at you at once, right? But I'm excited. I'm excited to get these things out. And, you know, I mentioned a few weeks ago on the podcast, that this is a very productive season for me. Um, productivity is high this season. And what I mean by that is I'm just getting stuff done. It's, you know, beast mode. That's what it's about, beast mode. And I'm saying this because I want to make sure you guys are listening to my Maximize Mondays. So on this podcast, I just started releasing Maximize Mondays. I put them on social media. So for those individuals who might be curious and want to know, hey, you know, how, how can how can I be more productive? I would encourage you to listen to that. Listen to my Maximize Mondays. And I tell you guys things that I do to become more productive. Um, and a lot of these things aren't just necessarily, you know, do A, B, C, D, you know, wake up earlier. Some of them, there's a lot of that type of stuff, right? But really a lot of it is your mindset, your mentality. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7, King James Version, right? It's your mentality, mentality that can completely change your level of productivity. And just doing a few simple things. Um, you can tweak in your daily schedule, can significantly increase your productivity. And I want you guys to know that because I want you guys to be more productive, right? When you're productive, you feel good about yourself, right? When you're productive, you feel good about yourself, all right? So 
enough about that. Again, I'm just going to put the link down low below. You can pre-order the book on Amazon. The ebook, I'll go ahead and probably release the print book for pre-order uh, very soon as well. And then I'll probably just release the book this month, actually, as well. But this week's guest on Black Men and White Coats, Brian Fowler. Brian Fowler. So I, I know Brian. Um, You know, he was down here in Dallas for a bit where I'm at. And I, I believe what we do, I, th- I think we went bowling together. I think, I, you know, do some stuff from time to time. I think we had a um, black man who were interested in medicine, took him out bowling or something like that. I think that's where we met. Or he might have come to some of my other events. But, you know, I met this guy and immediately I knew, man, he's going to be a success. He's going to make it right. This is before he was even close to getting quite into medical school. But I knew he was going to make it. Something about him. It was that grit, that determination. And let me tell you, man, what I did not know was this kid graduated college with a 2.7. I think he graduated. I don't know if he graduated of that, but I know he had a 2.7 GPA, a 2.7, G, not 3.7, a 2.7 GPA. And now he's in medical school. All right. There's a lot that goes into the story. I'm not going to, I'm not going to ruin it for you because you guys know I'm going to come on the backside and talk about it. But on the front side, I just want you to understand that 2.7. Now he's in medical school doing well. Unless something just crazy off the wall happens, he is going to be a medical doctor. I should also add, I'm just going to say early up front, he didn't see a black doctor until he was in his 20s. He had never seen a black doctor until he was in his 20s, but he still made it. So what does that tell you? That what, what that should tell you is no excuses, period. No excuses, period. Just listen to a story, man. After you hear a story, you're going to realize you have no, no reason that you can't make it. If he made it, there's no reason you can't make it, all right? Brian Fowler, medical student, future doctor, amazing guy. Check it out. I am from a small city in upstate New York called Geneva. It's right in between Rochester and Syracuse. Growing up, I I lived with my mom, my older sister, and one of my younger sisters. And then when I was in about fourth or fifth grade, my mom ended up marrying my stepdad. And I I do think we were what you would consider an underprivileged household. Before graduating high school, we managed to move over 20 times and in four different states. Um, So we had no stability whatsoever. And those moves were not elective moves by any means. They were the result of evictions and not being able to pay your rent and things of that nature. We also didn't have health insurance. So um, regular trips to the doctors or dentists were pretty foreign to us. I think the most uh, regular or routine exposure I got to the medical system was my annual sports physicals. We also didn't value education very much in our household. My mom didn't graduate from high school. I became the first person in my family to attend and graduate from college. But thankfully, I was pretty good at football. My junior year of high school, I led our high school team 
to the state championship game, which is the furthest we've ever gone. We did end up losing. But the following year, my senior year, we made it back to the state championship game and won, which was a very, very great experience for me, but also for our city as a whole. And I think my aspirations as a kid were very much like many other young black boys that come from underprivileged uh, households, which was to become a professional athlete. And I think a major contributing factor is the fact that it's so easy to turn on the TV, watch a special on someone that looks like you, came from your same background, but was able to reach the height of their profession um, as an athlete. And you just don't see those things or those stories in regards to doctors or lawyers or engineers or any other academic centric profession. Um, and I think that leads uh, one to thinking that they can become a professional athlete and discouraging them from uh, pursuing uh, careers that are academ academically uh, centric. Um, but I went on to a junior college in Buffalo, New York, and I was fortunate enough to get a full scholarship um, to play football at a Division One school in Connecticut. And still, while I was there, I, I really didn't value my academics very much. I viewed um, my academics solely as a vehicle to achieve to achieving my goal of becoming a professional athlete. And that led to a lot of underachievement. I graduated my bachelor's degree in communications with a 2.7 GPA, which, which is not very good by any means. Um, but after graduation, really the only thing that I knew was that I didn't want to play football anymore. Um, and for the first time in my life, I really had to think about um, careers uh, to pursue. And I like being in leadership positions and being in a place where I can help other people achieve the goals that they set for themselves. And I thought that would be through owning my own business. So I started looking for a manager and training jobs. The first one that I came across was with Aflac, the insurance company. So I started working as an insurance salesman and I quickly found out that I was a horrible salesman, just atrocious. <laughs> um, I worked there for six months and it was a 100% commission based position. So if you didn't sell any accounts, you didn't make any money. And in those six months, I, I landed one account, which means I got one paycheck in six months. And I was really in no position to um, 
to go into anyone's place of business to try to sell them anything. I, I didn't have the communication skills. I didn't have the confidence. And honestly, I didn't have the gas money either. My fiance, um, who was my girlfriend at the time, would drive me around to all these businesses and, and then watch me walk out a few minutes later with my head down and my tail between my legs because I didn't land the account. So I had to really start thinking of something else. And um, this was also around the time that I began to have a very strained relationship with both of my parents. I went from talking to my dad several times a day to not talking to him whatsoever. Um, my mom kicked me out of uh, her house. So I ended up moving in with one of my younger sisters into her studio apartment with her wife. And that was just a very, very, very low point in my life. And um, I really didn't know where to go. But I was definitely determined to dig myself out of that rut and, you know, make something of myself. So I decided to move back to Connecticut. And one of my former teammates and I moved into a condo together. And we were really in the same point in our lives. So we really encouraged and, and helped one another, you know, to you know, succeed and stay strong. And my girlfriend was still living in New York. And one of the phone conversations we had, she she said, you should look into becoming a PA, um, a physician assistant. And um, I was like, nah, you know what? I'm, I'm good, you know, um, I'm happy where I am and whatever. But unbeknownst to her, I actually started researching becoming a PA. And along with that research, I was like, man, this is a really, really great profession. Like, I can see myself doing this. Um, so I, you know, just kept reading about it. And along with that reading, I found out that I can become a doctor, which I didn't know. I thought you had to major in some undergrad major in order to become a doctor, which you didn't. You just had to take these certain prerequisite courses and um, apply to medical school. And I really didn't have any mentors at the time. I didn't have anyone that was a doctor or someone that were pursuing a career to become a doctor. Um, so I really had to figure everything out on my own. Uh, so I just started doing a lot of reading of articles and a lot of Google searches um, to find out how to become a doctor. And um, it led to me staying up three, four, five, even sometimes six o'clock in the morning, just reading and uh, trying to educate myself on the best way to become a doctor. Um, so my girlfriend and I, we decided that we wanted to move in together. So we made a long list of everything we wanted in the next place we wanted to live because neither one of us wanted to live in New York or Connecticut. 
Um, and on that list were things like good, good uh, weather, low cost of living, no state income taxes, um, good medical schools or a lot of medical schools. And we looked at a map and Texas fit all of them. We didn't know a single soul in Texas. Neither one of us have ever been to Texas, um, but we decided to move there. And during that time, I began to take my prerequisite courses at the University of North Texas. And along with my research, I, I found out that it is very beneficial to apply to medical school after you've gained a lot of medical experience. And I read that being a physician scribe was one of the best medical experiences you can have. So I worked as a physician scribe and outside of deciding that I didn't want to play football anymore, moving to Texas was the best decision I've ever made in my life. And becoming a scribe was probably one of the best jobs that I've ever had. And it, it helped me with um, several things that, that I didn't really expect. Um, one, I, I saw my first black doctor when I moved to Texas, which is just crazy to think about that I'm in my twenties and I saw my first black doctor. I, I was around like-minded individuals who were pursuing medical school or PA school, um, for the first time in my life, uh, no one I I've ever known wanted to become a doctor. I was also surrounded by physicians. Um, and I found out what physicians do. I never really knew what they did. Um, I also gained a lot of mentors during my time in Texas and they continue to play a very prominent role in my life to this day. I also, um, you know, began to work really hard as a scribe and um, I ended up becoming the, the chief or lead scribe at my hospital. And it was time for me to apply to medical school. And um, during that time, I was also researching post-baccalaureate programs because my only experience to science classes were the prerequisite courses that I took. And um, so I wanted to make sure that when I got into medical school that I would do well. And I was actually feeling pretty confident because I did well in my post-bac uh, science courses. It was the first time in my life that going into each semester, I set an academic goal. I said, I'm going to get a 4.0 this semester. I'm going to get a 4.0 this semester. And I almost did it. I, I finished my prereqs for medical school with almost a 3.9 GPA. And um, when I was applying to medical school, I, I applied to medical schools all across the country, as well as Ohio State's post-baccalaureate program, which through my research, I've I thought was the best post-bac program in the country. 
So I applied, I was accepted, and I uh, decided to do the post-bac program over potentially going directly into medical school, which I don't think a lot of people would have done, but um, it was a great decision for me. And my post-bac year at Ohio State was, it was actually really tough, um, both academically and financially, particularly the spring semester when we studied for the MCAT, I had to reach or everyone had to research certain MCAT in order to matriculate the following year into med school. And, and I struggled. Um, but thankfully I got through it successfully. And uh, the following summer I matriculated into the Ohio State University College of Medicine. And um, it was, it was great. It was, um, really a dream come true. Uh, Ohio State was my dream school. I got in and during that summer before starting, um, I started to think about, you know, more and more about medical school. And I figured that I would struggle a little bit in the beginning, but eventually catch my footing and, and do well. But I, I read a lot of articles and a lot of books about doing well in medical school prior to entering. And um, I actually didn't struggle or haven't struggled thus far in medical school. By far, medical school is not easy, um, but I've done pretty well. And I think that's really just a testament to, to my hard work and, you know, being focused, um, focused on my goal. Um, and I'm, I'm truly living the dream right now. And one thing that I would um, say to someone who comes from a similar background as me, or really anyone who, who wants to become a physician, is that you really don't have to be a genius in order to get into medical school. Um, I think that's, that's a myth. Um, a lot of people think you have to be a genius to, to get in and to do well and to eventually become a physician, but you really don't. Um, honestly, I have very average intelligence, um, maybe slightly above, but really just average intelligence. I think one thing that's helped me and um, separated me from, from other people has been my work ethic. I push myself to limits every single day to achieve the, the small goals that, that I've set for myself. And um, I would just like to leave you with, with a quote that, that pretty much sums, sums up my journey. And it states, know that you can start late, look different, be uncertain, and still succeed. And like I said, I think that that quote really sums up my, my journey to medical school. When you look at the people who are from uh, my hometown and um, people that are from my background, I, I am pretty traditional as far as not having um, parents with education, not growing up with a lot of money. I look like everyone else that comes from um, a background similar to mine. But when you 
compared me to some of my colleagues in medical school, I am very much um, the, the non-traditional student. Um, a large overwhelming majority didn't come from the same background that I've come from and didn't take the same route to, to medical school that, that I did. But, but I'm here and um, I wouldn't change it for the world. And if I can do it, so can you. I am Brian Fowler. I am a mentor. I am a medical student. I am a future physician. I am a black man in a white coat. Future Dr. Fowler, thank you so much. Goodness gracious, did I not tell you at the start of this podcast that you have no excuses? You are without excuse after hearing that. Did you hear the man's story? Did you hear it? 2.7 GPA. You know, before he finished high school, he had moved 20 times plus, right? Evictions. Didn't get along with his parents um, at some point. I don't know where that's at now. I hope that things are getting better, you know, because that's important. So I hope things are getting better. But, you know, he brought it up. Didn't get along with them at some point in life. Took a leap of faith and moved to a place that he had never been to when he came down to Texas, which I should say is the greatest state in the, in the country, by the way. <laughs> but took a leap of faith and came down to Texas, right? Did football in college. Did all that stuff. Right. Never met a black doctor till he was in his 20s. Took a job as an as a, as a insurance salesperson. Had no idea what he's doing. Did horrible at it. Started doing his research. Learned about this scribe thing. Was pursuing PA. Figured out, hey, I can be a doctor. What a story. What a story. Everybody needs to hear that story, man. That's just the story right there that says, hey, if you want to do something in life, you have no excuses that you can't do it. You can't say, hey, I didn't know how to do it because future Dr. Fowler didn't know how to do it, but he went back and he learned how to do it, okay? He learned how to do it, and now he's in medical school and going to be doctor. Student Dr. Fowler, future Dr. Fowler, thank you so very much for being a guest on Batman and White Coast Podcast. I'm honored to have you. I think your story is amazing, and I hope that a whole bunch of people hear the story, people who are looking for hope and people who are down and not think that they can't make it, they need to hear the stories to know that they can make it. I know they can make it because you made it. I know they can make it because you made it. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to this episode. Remember, definitely go check out uh, Amazon to pre-order my children's book series. Buy it for a kid, buy it for a nephew, buy it for somebody, Christmas gifts, whatever. Um, it's going to be good. We're really trying to get to these um, individuals at a very young age. So definitely, definitely pre-order it now. And we'll have to print copies ready soon. And we'll actually just go ahead and release it soon, too. Thank you so much for listening. Love you guys. Have a phenomenal week. Shh.